0: Today on City Cash Chicago. Development in Chicago can often pit developer against neighboring residents or businesses real quick. There could be many reasons, right? Less green space, too much congestion, displacement. And it often comes down to what does this mean for parking? A proposed development in Rogers Park that would include affordable housing has the neighbors worried about something else. What they say is an infringement on their religious practices. We talked to a reporter covering the development and also a leader of the congregation. It's Thursday, February 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Joe Ward covers Rogers Park, Edgewater, and Uptown for Block Club Chicago. Joe, this development is going through like a rezoning process right now. What is being proposed?
1: Yes, this is a developer, David Gassman. He works all over the north side. He's seeking to redevelop a vacant apartment building at 1710 West Lunt Avenue in Rogers Park. Specifically, he wants to add a 13-unit rear addition to the existing building, making it a 20-unit complex, and he's seeking the city's zoning approval to do so. This is actually the second time he has brought this project to the neighborhood.
0: Okay. Joe, can can you explain this part of Rogers Park for me? This is interesting because it
1: is in a residential area, but it is about a half block or maybe even a quarter block from Clark Street and Rogers Park. That being the main commercial corridor through the neighborhood, the Metra is just on the other side. Of Clark Street. So there's a metro stop right there. So so there is a little mix of residential and and commercial right here. But but it's a fairly well developed and dense part of Rogers Park, mostly comprising apartment buildings.
0: I mean, Joe, when developers come to a neighborhood, you're going to often hear from potentially existing businesses, people who live in the area. But in this case, a lot of the opposition was coming from a specific neighbor. Who are the neighbors that were opposing this development the most?
1: Yes. So right next door to the apartment building in question is a temple that is home to the local Hare Krishna congregation, specifically the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. The Hare Krishnas moved into the temple in 1979.
2: There are certain qualities that are very important to cultivate in order to be advanced in spirituality. Humility, tolerance, respect. My name is Subal Das. That's my initiated name in this Krishna tradition. Uh, My birth name is Cesar Hernandez, and I'm one of the managing directors of the temple. There's four also practices being a vegetarian, and that have to do with cultivating non-violence. Then we don't gamble. Gambling have to do with truth, you know? Try not to gain something out of nothing, you know? We don't have sex life outside marriage. And the last one is uh, intoxication, which have to do with maintaining a focused practice and everything.
1: This building that neighbors them actually operated as a sober living group home for much of the time the Hare Krishnas have been in the neighborhood. But however, the Lutheran social services that operated the group living home sold that building in 2016 to this developer, David Gassman. The Hare Krishnas immediately were opposed to this development project next door. And they have a number of reasons why um Obviously, this is Chicago. Parking is an issue. Um, It's already crowded around there. It's hard to find street parking for congregation members who are coming in for services and for worship. Um, This project will only have five parking spaces at the apartments for 20 units, so they think that problem will be made worse by this development there's also issues of losing sunlight into the temple because of the new building that would be constructed next door loss of uh, a tree outside perhaps um there is some concern about but interesting there was larger points about religious liberty and freedom here
2: the main thing is that you know we now have to be conscious that there's people living right next to you and we have daily services chanting and and doing playing instruments and, you know, he goes through the day, seven days a week, 360 days a year, you know, like that. People living just five, six, seven feet away from, you know, you know, to be respectful of their right to have, you know, a peaceful life, you know, and have their space. Our services start at 30 in the morning, every day.
1: Chanting, singing is a big part of their religion, um, and especially when gathered. So they're concerned that the noise emanating from the temple might rub some of their new neighbors wrong. Um, They're similarly concerned about parties or noise emanating from the apartment building that would disrupt their religious practice.
0: Joe, this is already an area with lots of apartments and condos. My thought is that adding 13 units per Probably isn't going to drastically affect these two buildings living next to each other peacefully. That
1: is essentially the developer's opinion there, that this congregation has operated in a dense neighborhood that's largely already built up, even in the surrounding area, for decades now. Um, and and that this is they're located in a city that that these problems aren't essentially new and and wouldn't be exacerbated by thirteen additional units next door. After my previous proposal, I met with I forgot the gentleman's name at your
3: temple, and he explained this concern to me. So I went out the next day at four thirty in the morning because he told me that you blow a ceremonious ceremonial horn, so I could hear for myself how loud it was. Um, I stood in the backyard and listened, and I could hear it. But just barely over the noise of the garbage trucks picking up the garbage. There is already noise in the neighborhood. I mean, this is not you know this is not a farmland, this is a city. So I don't think that noise, and I was standing outside. If I was inside a building with my windows closed, I would never heard it. so I, I don't think that's a problem. I own many buildings near the L tracks. No one has a problem with that. Um, you know, I make people aware of any possible, distractions they may have. You know, I encourage people to come to my buildings when they rent them and see for themselves what's there.
0: That was the developer, David Gasman at a community meeting earlier this month, responding to the noise concerns. I also read that they were, you know, a little apprehensive that, you know, any tension could maybe lead to a rise in discrimination. Has this Hare Krishna temple faced discrimination in the past from people who live in a neighborhood or from people who have, you know, visited the temple, people who've come through the neighborhood? Have have they ever experienced this? Is this something that they, they faced before?
1: You know, Rogers Park bills itself as being and is very inclusive, very accepting, uh, very diverse and uh, celebrating its diversity. And so... For, for much of the history that the Hare Krishnas have been in Rogers Park, it, it seems to have been very um, peaceful for, for everyone. The sober living home that was next door is probably relatively quiet. It's an institutional facility where you can go to a organization, the Lutheran Social Services, if there are issues and there are concerns that a part. An apartment building with a developer as a landlord, that might not be as easy to do. But as far as any hostilities in the neighborhood, I, I don't think that has been the case.
0: Have the new members of the Hare Krishna temple kind of spoken out against any redevelopment of the property? Or is it simply the extension here that would include affordable housing in the, I believe, 13 new units?
1: I suspect they would be happier if there weren't the 20 units. They'd be happier with just seven. But you're right. They have expressed interest in this property in the past and at this community meeting actually asked the developer, would you consider donating or selling this to us. And he did not respond to that request at the meeting.
0: We follow a lot of development conversations around the city. And when you get to certain neighborhoods and you start talking about increasing affordable housing, people start dog whistling. Right. They started, uh, you know, making these hypothetical situations that you know, it kind of feels that they don't want certain kinds of people, a.k.a. black and brown people in their neighborhood. Is, is this something you're noticing in this conversation that a lot of these concerns that are being put forth are really just like coded language? Covering
1: development in Rogers Park, you don't see a lot of that. That is because, you know, Rogers Park has historically had affordable housing, institutional housing. As I mentioned, this building in question used to be a, a sober group living facility. And and so that is not the first line of defense that ever comes up in these projects that I would see. Rogers Park really likes to build itself as, as welcoming as to many people as possible. And actually, in this particular case, I've seen a lot of people and, and heard from a lot of people, saw some online discussions saying the affordability component of this proposal is one of the things they like most, that that is actually needed in Rogers Park.
2: Equal housing is a very important, uh, this type of uh, equal housing opportunities and equal opportunities for all people is a very important approach. To be opposed to that, it doesn't make sense. There's still encouragement for affordable housing they still encouraging for people to develop, but do
0: it in a conscious way. Joe, from your vantage point, does this type of development, one that's attractive because of, you know, potential accessibility and affordability, are these the type of developments that are ultimately displacing and pushing people out of neighborhoods like Rogers Park? Or are these the type of developments that are helping retain and bring and keep energy in the community?
1: It's a a tricky topic, and one of the solutions that the city is seeking to input here is housing that has affordable components, that is close to transit, so people can get there, can get to their jobs very easily, and can just afford to live there. Is that the solution? We don't know yet. That hasn't borne out. But this is what the city is pushing here. This kind of small infill development that has an affordable component that is a transit oriented development. That's what the city likes to see right now. As to whether it solves these issues of displacement, you'll hear people on both sides. But but that just hasn't been settled yet.
0: Covering Rogers Park, Edgewater, and Uptown for Block Club Chicago, Joe Ward. Thank you for making time for CityCast Chicago.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We also heard from Subal Dasa, one of the managing directors at the Chicago chapter of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. I got a quick City Council rundown for you. Alder people approved a $700,000 purchase of the vacant Aldi in West Garfield Park to facilitate a new grocer. Now, that's if Aldi doesn't sell to a new one, but no timetable has been announced. Check out Wednesday's episode to learn more about it. After months of ongoing debate, the mayor failed yet again to get enough votes for her gang asset forfeiture plan. And so it has been delayed until next month's meeting. Andrea Kirsten was officially named the new Chief Administrator of the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. Have some good news to get you through. I got Black History Month celebrations around the city in Alderman Gresham in Austin today and Rogers Park on Saturday. Check the show notes for more info. If you're listening to City Cash Chicago on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast. That helps other people find us. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, if you can't rate and review us, go ahead and do it. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. It's
3: the Alders.